This is episode 11 of Real Shift Radio with special guest Madison Hildebrand. Are you ready for the shift? Are you ready for security, balance, and freedom to do the things that you want to do? It all starts with the shift. My name is Dominic Labriola. I'm a real estate broker and developer, and each week I sit down to speak with the most inspiring people in the real estate industry to bring you stories of shift, successes, challenges, aha moments, and overall best practices to help you live your best life. This is Real Shift Radio. Shifters, welcome back to a very, very special episode of Real Shift Radio. This is an incredibly exciting episode for me to be able to bring to you. Today's guest is Madison Hildebrand, a gentleman that many of you are likely already familiar with through his very public life as displayed on Bravo TV's Million Dollar Listing, where he starred for the first six seasons of the show. This is an incredibly deep and moving conversation. And I am so thankful to Madison for being so open with me and for sharing all of this with you who listen to Real Shift Radio. We cover a lot in this episode. From his early life and his entire career path, beginning and building his real estate career as a young college graduate, the documentation of his work and his personal life on reality TV, the challenges of embracing and understanding his sexuality, and doing so in the public eye. Madison very openly discusses everything from his mentor relationships, career strategies, business partnerships, his coming out story, his daily habits that ground him and keep his energy up. We get into a ton of information in this episode. I think you'll really enjoy the conversation we had, and I think you'll gather a lot of information about how some of the practices he's put into place can help you in your life and your business. With no further delay, here he is, Madison Hildebrand. I'm here with Madison Hildebrand at the Partners Trust headquarters in Brentwood. Thank you for joining me for Real Shift Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. And so I wanted to have you on the show because I bring the most inspiring people from the real estate industry. And I have long admired your work. I was, uh, I've been a realtor in Arizona for many years. I grew up in okay. Flagstaff. Oh. And uh, and I used to watch you when you first started on Bravo's <laughs> Million Dollar Listing. So thanks for coming on. And you've had a, had a big journey in real estate. So I'd love to have you share your journey with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. D- well, first, jumping on to you real quick with Arizona. That's where I was born. <laughs> yeah. And my parents met in, at NAU, which oh, is wow. in Flagstaff. Yep. So um just a little, you and me got some good vibes there. All right, good. Uh, I have definitely had a wild and crazy journey, probably not your normal real estate path. Uh, I, I, It's very few that get the experience of starting in this business and having cameras following you in the first year of your business. Mm-hmm. And so my entire career is out there. Um, it, it was... A courageous move, not even knowing that I was being courageous. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was going to be fun, and it was a one-season uh, type of thing. But my real focus was I wanted to be a successful real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the cameras were there or not. My point was is I want to be the number one. I want to be that guy. So I was very committed to real estate, and it just became a real passion of mine. And really what it was is it real estate was the perfect vehicle for me to exercise my passion, which is to work with people. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the people aspect, the real estate. Hey, I live in Southern California. I work in Malibu. There's nothing wrong with the real estate. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, everything is right about the real estate. It's wonderful to be in those environments. But I am in the most intimate spaces of someone's life Mm -hmm. at sometimes some of the most challenging times in their lives. And other times, celebratory, you know, life sure. milestones, buying a house. So it, for me, it's really that engagement with people and the, that the challenges and everything else that we're going to talk about that comes up in the real estate world. But it's been about nine years in the business altogether, and I filmed six seasons, and I did a can't, I quit at the, after the sixth. 
retired okay. and just made a cameo on this season seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I am done with that show and focusing on other things and mm-hmm. projects and of course my real estate business. So you started in you grew up in Mesa, right? And then uh, well, I was born in Mesa, Arizona. I moved a lot, so mm-hmm. that means we went to Connecticut. Then to Austin, Texas, then to San Diego for up until first through seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Then Dallas, Texas, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. Wow. Then New Canaan, Connecticut for eleventh and twelfth. Then we moved to New York. Um, and then I went to college, Malibu, Pepperdine. I was sold. And that's what brought me out here. Okay. So, so once you- I got here. I have been in Malibu ever since, but I did live abroad a couple times. I um, went to the Dominican Republic, wow. Spain, and Argentina. Awesome. Yes. So you graduated from Pepperdine and then immediately got into real estate right out of college, or, or was there any intermediary step? Well, that's where Dominican Republic comes into play, because okay. <laughs> I was struggling as a... Newly graduated, I had a diploma um, in advertising, Mm -hmm. and that was my real passion at the time, and that's why I chose the school, actually, Mm because it was one of the only universities that had a BA in advertising. So I was stuck on that. That's what I wanted to do. And I had some internships all through college, and um, I was working at the time at the Malibu Beach Inn Hotel, Mm -hmm. the 48 rooms on the water that David Geffen bought not too long ago. And I I thought, wow, I actually like the service business and the hospitality business. And so you can see how those all three kind of relate Mm -hmm. with people um, being the common denominator. But it was... My dad telling me one thing, my mentor at the hotel telling me another thing, and me thinking I wanted to do real estate, and it just got really confusing at a young age as to what direction I was supposed to go, because whatever I did, I wanted to do it right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of packed my bags, bag, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I didn't bring a lot. Um, I had very few things to bring with me, and me and a buddy decided we were going to be living pretty much like homeless people in the Dominican Republic for as long as we could until we found what our voices were trying to say. Mm -hmm. And we lasted about three months. Okay. We went spearfishing for fish every day. That's how we got our protein. Um, We ate cans of beans, and we picked tomatoes from wherever we could find them, and it was just... It was very rugged. Most people don't believe that I have that in me, but I definitely am an outdoors person. (laughs) But at some point, it just was one too many spiders and too many mosquito bites. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to do real estate. Did you decide? And he said, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. She said, well, we accomplished our mission. Yeah. Let's go home. So we went home and I pursued my real estate license at that point. And Mm -hmm. right when I got home, Everything just started to fall into place. My, it was like I was being dealt the perfect deck or the perfect hand f- from the deck of cards that were telling me that this is these were my signs. Real estate was my path. Mm-hmm. From finding the mentor right off the bat to you know, getting the test and having it take 10 months for me to get my license, mm. which wasn't... A good thing at that time, but in hindsight, it prepped me. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to educate myself and do a marketing plan and all that fresh college knowledge I had. I basically applied it to me in building a business yeah. and how I was going to be seen and how I was, I was going to be heard and, and what I was going to offer that was going to be different than other agents and how I was going to break into a zip code that was one of the most competitive zip codes mm-hmm. with price ranges that sometimes surpassed my age, (laughs) you know, just add a couple zeros. But it it was really, how do I fit into this and and, and how do I really succeed? And those 10 months that it took for my license to come um, also allowed me to interview every single brokerage, Mm -hmm. um, which I think was a really advantageous move on my end. I started with the least desirable company, 
so I could start learning what to negotiate and what was going to be negotiated. Mm -hmm. And then went to my choices until I ended up at the top choice, the final two that I wanted to work at. And by then, I had already become a negotiating pro on negotiating my salary. Yeah. The first and biggest, you know, most important one. Not salary, but the commission split. So um, that was how I got into the business. And I did join Coldwell Banker at the time because I felt that they had the largest market share and I could sell the company more than myself. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had, I had some business, business experience. But let's face it, I was a college grad. Mm -hmm. um, so I really was selling the company and how I could use the tools of the company. Yeah. So that was my I started with stick. Coldwell Banker back in Lake Havasu City. Okay. And so it was an independent at that time. Okay. And then it got bought out by a residential brokerage. So mm -hmm. it uh, when when it shifted away from independent, it wasn't quite the same, but it feels different. Yeah, yeah. it does. So no question. So you you mentioned a mentor in in real estate, mm -hmm. and he was or he or she was at Coldwell Banker then, or yes, okay, yeah. And so how how did that relationship work for you? Yeah, I mean, it, I found it really important. And actually, at my at school, they always said find a mentor in the business or find a life mentor that has nothing to do with your business, mm -hmm. but have someone other than your parents that you look up to and that you can you know, ask advice and tell life experiences and get some really great wisdom from. Yeah. So I found that to be a valuable lesson right there. And so I always made sure I, and still do, have two or three men mentors in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not all business related. And they're definitely not all business related, no. And so I asked my, uh, well, the one particular business mentor that was at the was when I left the hotel she very smart business woman businesswoman Vicky um, continued on to just kind of check in and we bounce soundboard each other yeah so I said well look I've got this opportunity to have a mentor in real estate but how do I set up boundaries and what does that look like because there's mm -hmm. not a structured this is what a mentee and what a mentor do it, it's really a, a you, it's kind of a molding. You you learn how not to be in their way, but also how to extract the information that you need, mm -hmm. um, how to be a good listener and not always a talker or asking questions. And how to be a good value to them, too. What are they going to get from it? Yeah, and, and that's that was part of the hard part for me to understand is, is why does this person want to do this for me? Mm -hmm. Why am I... Why, I'm, why do they... I'm in their way. <laughs> I'm wasting their time, but... What she explained to me, my other Vicky mentor, is, honey, when, when this is how she talks, honey, <laughs> uh, I go into character. Um, honey, you, you have to understand that when someone achieves a certain amount of success, it feels good to share and give that back. Yeah. And unless somebody was handed it all to them, mm. it's very likely that they had a lot of guides and teachers and mentors along the way. Yeah. And the best and most gratifying feeling, more so than a paycheck, is to be able to help a younger person uh, find and carve their path. Mm. And to, for you, as a successful person, to teach those skills and pass them forward. And that alone is why a mentor would be a mentor. Yeah. And I said, okay, all right, if, I'll, I'll buy that, I believe it. Um, but there was a monetary benefit as well because I did not go on listing appointments by myself mm. and I did not work with buyers by myself for quite some time. So he shared um, right there with me on the deal and I got to listen and he came to my Sorry. clients and I learned a lot. I was paying at that point for real life experience. Yeah. Yeah. But they were my clients. It was, he wasn't feeding me the clients. So sure. it was still... I was getting, I was doing the footwork, but he was helping me close the deal. Yeah. And then I was learning how to close the deal while he did it. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about your, your career path, starting as a brand new agent and then the level of success that you've risen to. Oh, 
how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it, 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 it shot off pretty fast. I mean, timing is everything, right? I did get into the market when before the recession. So we were at the boom of all booms. Yeah. And I, I had a listing, it would sell uh, with multiples. But, you know, the, I remember so clearly the first week of real estate and sitting up in my office, up in the bullpen, as they called it. And everybody else was so busy just because it really was a busy market. And they're running the copy machines and back and forth. And I really had nothing to do. Um, So I would text my mom. Mom, call my office. (laughs) Pretend you're a client. So she would call. It's hi, it's Madison Hildebrand there. And I'd answer like, everyone like, look at me. I'm answering the phone. (laughs) I got got a call. And then it was just my mom. <laughs> but nobody else knew that. So I felt that I needed to to kind of be perceived as I'm going to come in and, and shake this place up. Yeah. And my phone's going to be ringing on day one. And it did. But it just happened to be my mother. Sure. Nobody needed to know that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it certainly helped me. And, and that's how it really started. And, and I also... Had the challenge of being, I think I was 25 when I got in the business, 26. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any facial hair. Right. I couldn't grow a facial hair. <laughs> um, I looked very young. And so I decided I needed to dress the part mm-hmm. and try and change certain mannerisms and jargon and use more educated real estate-related you know, language, language, and, um, I bought a pair of fake spectacles, so I would wear those, so I just added two years of smartness to me. Sure. (laughs) And, um, you know, I went, I did make sure that my car was always clean and nice, and it Mm. just, the presentation Mm -hmm. of who I was in this world, um, as a professional dealing in multi-million dollar real estate, it needed to be perceived that I had every T crossed and every I dotted Mm -hmm. and that if you were going to work with me, you were going to receive a certain level of experience. No, not so much, but you're going to get a level of service Mm -hmm. and you're going to get what you see. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, I'm not doing this just because I'm doing this it's because it's how I want my brand to be represented I want to represent and work with the luxury clientele so from that point forward I launched my marketing um, program that I put together over those 10 months uh, that it took to get the license and I had an obnoxious blue package of some sort (laughs) that were already all pre-stamped and labeled um, that went out once a month to my sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And, for example, one, you know, when I got my first listing, which happened to be one of my neighbors um, who I made friends with walking the streets every day, and I just had a lot of admiration for her. She was a big woman, and she was training for a marathon. And so one day I bought her a pedometer Mm -hmm. so she could measure her speed and... She thought that was the nicest thing, and um, she said, you know, we are selling our house soon. I said, well, you are? She goes, you're a realtor now, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, I can't promise you anything, but I will promise that Gary, my husband, will give you a seat in whoever he interviews. Awesome. And I said, well, that's all I can ask for. I said, let me do the rest. So that was kind of the beginning. Um, I also had another client who was living at the hotel, Mm-hmm. that I was working at, that I no longer worked at. She had been living there for over a year. Wow. She had a home in Sarah of a treat that had mold, so that's why she didn't live there. Ah. She had she, she had her f- f- fair share of problems, um, plus she had an eight-year-old. Mm. So I, I became close with them because the eight-year-old was always down in the lobby, not upstairs with, in the room with his mom. Why would you want to be? <laughs> and uh, so I kind of became his mentor because he didn't have another male figure. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, where are you going to move? Where, are you moving back into your house? And 
no. So that turned into what I thought maybe another client. Yeah. And it did. Ultimately, in my career, I sold that family $10 million in real estate. Wow. Um, those are from organic relationships. Mm-hmm. And, and the marketing that I did also, I tried to make it as organic, but as recognizable as possible. So it, it was a gimmick, but at the same time, um, I, I did it with a different way. So what I mean is when I launched my website, I bought these mouse pads from the, you know, Alaska is actually where they were made. <laughs> Go Alaska. Uh, and we, I ordered the nicest quality so they would last, they wouldn't be thrown away. And my yeah. brother was a photographer, so he took me a photo of the Malibu Pier, mm-hmm. an iconic image for Malibu. And we had that screen printed onto the mouse. And all it said, and I, my, domain, my website name was themalibulife.com. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted it to be simple and clean mm-hmm. and nothing more. So I knew people would keep it on their desk. If it stayed on their desk, then it achieved a lot more than having my name and my face and my phone number. Yeah. Because then someone was going to throw it away. But then they said, oh, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Well, now I'm like placing orders <laughs> for mouse pads. <laughs> And I could wa- track the amount since I mailed it on Google Analytics of the traffic that was coming. Yeah. And then I could see that it would start to go out a little further. And anyway, that was very effective. But I sent it in a blue cellophane envelope. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of see through it. And nothing else. No yeah. card, no note, nothing. So when you landed on the page, then, then it then said thank you for visiting and you must have received and blah 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 because it yeah. was the announcement of my website yeah so i just did things a little bit differently um and everything i did was blue because i was co-branding with coldwell bankers colors sure yeah awesome so do you have any mantras that you have incorporated into your daily life or any success quotes that that you live by uh, you know ever since High school, I think, the one that I've always... This is when I lived in Texas, because <laughs> it's a John Michael Montgomery song. <laughs> um, but that song did become a mantra. Um, it's, life's a dance, you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And it just resonated for me in all ways, because I like to dance. <laughs> I love to live life. And life is like a dance. It should be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And you should be doing what you want to do with life. But it's not going to be perfect Mm -hmm. and learning a new dance or you step on the toes of another or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's, it's part of life. And so that's just, I think has kept my attitude and my ability to remain a happy person, Mm. um, is that mantra more or less has kind of guided me from a young age of when I was probably going through some of the toughest times Mm -hmm. to, today where it still works and I'm in a very good place. Sure. The name of this program is Real Shift Radio and I have experienced a lot of things that have been really tough in my life and so I feel like I, having shifted out of those myself, people were telling me that I was inspiring them so I wanted to bring people like you who have experienced hardship and then experienced great success and Mm -hmm. made a major shift in your life and your way of thinking and your way of being. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about some of the hardest experiences that you've had and what you did to get out of that mindset and, and shift into a positive one that has resulted with what you're doing? Sure. No, that's a great story. I like that. And, um, and, you know, as a child, I always felt that there's, I am here with a greater purpose. And hopefully we all have that feeling or maybe we don't. I don't know. Um, it's really about changing and helping people in masses. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know how that is all coming together. But it was no accident that when I got into real estate and how easy it just flowed. In my first year, I sold $17 million. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I did it. I want to go to the next thing. And slow down, Madison. And um, But that's then the TV show came. And then I was stuck into this career, as I say, stuck. Because (laughs) 
I, I like to do things fast. I like to do them well. I like to get out and and I've on to the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that was just a, that was a trait that I've worked on for years, and, and now I totally recognize that you can become a master of an art, but yeah. it doesn't happen in one year. So I'm very glad I stayed with it because I've learned a lot. But um, one of the challenges, I mean, it really it kind of all goes together. When I when the show presented itself for the second season, said, we're well, re-changing the format. We want you and two other guys, and mm -hmm. you're going to be the Malibu guy. It was going, okay, this is an opportunity for me to speak to an audience mm -hmm. and to be me being me. And whatever goes on is there's a voice now that can be heard by millions. Yeah. And and so I knew I had a message. I just didn't know what it was. And in time, after that first season, I was struggling with my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified that that was going to air. And I, I was going to get called out. And it was just going to be this meltdown. And then I would, my clients you know, were going to have a reaction. And my manager would have a reaction. And it just was a whole fearful place for me to be in. But then I said, you know, I'm going to live this out the way I'm really living it out. And, yeah. and my, my journey in particular was different, but it was, okay, I'm going to be young. I'm going to be successful, and I've got those things. I, I'm on this TV show with this opportunity to, to share my struggles, and they certainly want to know about it. So I my girlfriend at the time... Where we were ending our relationship, and that was because I was going into kind of at that stage we called it polyamorous, but I've used, I've learned not to use that word because the people who actually practice it said I misrepresented it. <laughs> Whatever, uh, bisexual—that's the word. Um, so I just was confused, and I I just yeah. was not sure if I wanted this way or that way or what it was emotionally, and. Um, you know, it took a lot of courage to go mm -hmm. through that one year after the next. So it took me three years to go from just business and then by bi uh, bisexual or actually straight with my girlfriend, then bisexual and then full gay and do the no hate campaign on television yeah. as my coming out announcement. And it was amazing to see how many people followed my journey and mm -hmm. how many people I inspired and helped and, and changed and also how much darkness is out there around it and mm -hmm. how much of that I saw and how many phone calls I would get as a realtor, your phone number and your email are it's public. public. <laughs> if they're not, then you're not a very good realtor, <laughs> not right? very effective. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to reach. doesn't work. So I would hear, you know, suicide stories to, you know, you just saved my life story. I mean, it was a, it was a big scale. Yeah. Um, people hated me because I was bisexual and, and that they thought that they wouldn't, they weren't comfortable with me living my own journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is my own journey, mm -hmm. by the way. But they were uncomfortable that I was in this space of uncertainty. Were these strangers or were these people that were close to you? Um, probably people close to me, but really the ones that were vocalizing it were stra were strangers. Okay. And um, so, you know, there was a lot of that pressure, but it was just like, sorry, guys, this this is my life. Mm -hmm. You can't, t I'm not going to change it for you. And we'll, next step, we'll stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, when I did the No Hate campaign, it was like a huge hug. Yeah. That it just... I w it was so received, and finally, a community felt like they could reach out to me, mm -hmm. and that I had found myself. But what I learned through all that is is sexuality for anyone, wh whether it's exploring in different ways or being straight or gay or not. Um, it's someone's personal experience, mm -hmm. and a lot of times those things are. Um, affected by childhood traumas, and a lot of times those childhood traumas may not even relive in the person's flesh as an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, they're so buried. So it's really a, it was really saddening to see 
so much content around this easy thing, sexuality. Yeah. It shouldn't have so much weight. Yeah. It should be explored more. And and I felt that it was a huge opportunity for me to um, to really push back on all of that re- that resistance and and the shadows that were trying to keep those feelings from just happening. They were supposed to happen, but I had a lot of empathy for those that couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, or that wouldn't accept me, because I felt even more so for them, most likely because it was something that was their demons that were haunting them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a giant weight lifted to finally be able to kind of be comfortable in your own skin and and public with it too. So yeah. I know for me it was just such a. I think it was also part of like growing up in a very conservative state and that kind of here it's a little bit easier because I think people are a lot more accepting in the general public but yeah but um did you have any relationships that that ended as a result of it or did you find that you were on the whole able to to work yeah and, and find a happy balance with everybody where they they were fully accepting. It was the opposite in every way of what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I would have someone, I'm not talking now the TV or the strangers, I'm talking the people that I see on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. my family and my employee co-employees and my manager and my clients. And I, th- I thought somebody was going to fire me or somebody was going to do something that was going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And it was absolutely the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, it was complete embracing. It was compassion. And it was, that's great. Now, it must be a re- such a relief for you. You can put your energy into so many other things. Yeah. And it was just like, that's right. Great. That was such a relief because mm-hmm. it is so scary. Yeah. You know, my parents, my mom was raised Mormon. And um, I was too. So she had a hard time just, I think, letting go of the idea of the traditional family situation yeah. was not going to be her reality. Um, and my dad called his doctor and said, well, what do I do? And his doctor said, well, first of all, there's not a drug that he could take <laughs> that will fix him. Um, and by the way, there's nothing broken. Uh, my dad said, okay, you're not telling me what I want to hear. He's, you know, Fortune 500 Republican company, C, uh, chief executive officer. So it was like, um, he's on a TV show, and now my parents are going to have to deal with this, yeah. you know, publicly as well. Mm-hmm. So they had to go find their own coping mechanisms. But what the doctor told him, and I thought this was a good thing to share, because he said, well, Mr. Hildebrand, who did he tell first? you guys, or did he come out to friends, or how did he do it? And he said, well, no, he he told the family, our nuclear family first. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, congratulations to you as a father and a mother, because that means you guys have raised him to, to trust you and to communicate with you mm-hmm. first in this big, bad, bad, bad scary world. Um, and that says a lot about the way your family operates yeah and for that you should be grateful more than anything and everything else just let it go and learn learn to grow so that was that was the best message for my dad to hear Mm -hmm. and and it it really did help him awesome yeah so how did it affect your career once you had that weight lifted off your shoulder how did how did you refocus your energy and, and what kind of a career have you been able to do since then? Yeah, I mean, well, if I, it's two parts real quick. I think the first half was I needed to graduate with the best grades so I could get the best job, so I could buy a house and get a car and put a roof over my head and establish a safe life mm-hmm. with some money in the bank and then I will feel like I can truly explore 
my sexuality and with whatever happens if my family shuns me or if my boss fires me at least i have a roof and a car and some money in the bank yeah and that is what drove me to be so successful so quickly yeah and it happened so quickly that i had to come (laughs) come out to my sexuality so quickly (laughs) and there was a tv show taping so it was just like the trifecta of um, all coming at you at once. All coming at me at once. But when I finally did get to let that out of my system, really, it was a cellular shift. I mean, there is a dark cell in every one, every one of my cells when I'm hiding a secret. Mm-hmm. And when I have no secrets, every cell is filled with light. Yeah. And, and when light emits, you attract positivity and you attract other like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. The clients that I was starting to attract or now of a different spirit. Mm-hmm. The, the toxic clients that I had didn't want to be around me anymore. And I don't, definitely did not want to be around them. So I learned to start firing clients, yeah. which I didn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, any client was a good client if they had a paycheck, a check and a pl- needed a place to live, because yeah. that's, that's how it started for me. So it just, really the quality of my life changed because of the type of people that I was Mm -hmm. surrounding myself with because of the way I felt about myself on the inside. Yeah. And then that gave me an immense amount of power to believe in myself and to trust myself. And that, um, that just allowed me to really set new goals and higher goals and, and to, to achieve those and, Mm -hmm. and make a plan to do that. And, and that is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Get, cut the toxic clients out. First step was to do that because the moment they drain so much energy and when people say oh, they drain my energy, but they really do even when you're not with them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still draining you because... because you're thinking about it. They're or you're thinking about it or they're so unhappy or they're making you feel bad or mm-hmm. there's just some it's in your system so once you cut that you've actually severed a tie to something that was not just that hour that you're with them but it could be six hours that one hour projected onto you and this this whole process of purchasing or selling a home is a, a 60 90 120 yes. day long process so Imagine four months of your life now freeing up. <laughs> exactly. And the moment you shut that door gives you so many different doors to open. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you strategically start opening the right doors and setting the right boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and it's when I learned to start setting boundaries is that when I felt my career shifted from one type of clientele to the next. Mm-hmm. And... and you know, that's just, we all could use that advice. And we could always do a purging once a year. Mm -hmm. Now, even friends get in your life and relationships aren't where you want them. Either put the effort in to change it or if that person can't be changed and it's not your job to change them, sure. then change. And it's not, th- I found that it's not completely writing them off either. Sometimes for no. me, it's just kind of giving some space and, mm-hmm. and it seems to kind of, let them do what they're going to do. I'll work on me and yeah. it all seems to work out a lot better. It does. So what are some of your daily practices and habits that you have established in creating a balance within yourself and your career? Um, you know, there's nothing daily about this business. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is why I like it. It's there's so, such a spontaneous business. Um, But some of the things that I like to incorporate in my life and throughout the year, it ebbs and flows, Mm -hmm. right? This business in general. So the certain important things that I always try and remember to do is take care of myself first Mm -hmm. and foremost, Um, which usually begins with some quiet Madison time with my dog, Maya. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually, first thing I put into my body is a tall glass of water with fresh squeezed lemon to alkaline and room temperature just to, it's just something I works for me that I like to do yeah um, taking a short walk with Maya or just really sitting and listening to nature mm-hmm. and grounding myself 
you're in a little bit quieter spot of town also. So I you, <laughs> I, it's a lot easier for me to <laughs> shut out the world. Yep. <laughs> and, um, from there, it, you know, then it, then it's game on. As soon as I, as soon as I say, okay, I'm, I'm putting on my work shoes mm-hmm. as opposed to my workout shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shifting into into work mode, and yeah. at that point, I usually do a little social media in the morning, and then I just have my my days already planned and scheduled for the most part, and um, and it's just trying to ride the wave with intention. So it's not like I'm running and I'm stressed and it's all of that. It's doing all of doing as much as we do, but trying to make it look easy, mm-hmm. and. Um, and by the end of the day, I'm pretty whipped, but I'm also very good at night working when it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. So I do entertain a lot and, and all of that, keeping those relationships going. I love to host dinner parties and I'm involved in uh, Malibu Boys and Girls Club. I sit on the boards. So that's where awesome. I give back my time and money. Um, and so giving back is a big piece of it. But it's, it's really also at the you know, what's next? It's like, there's got to be planning. So at the night, at the night, I kind of wrap the day, mm-hmm. plan for tomorrow, and then plan for the week, maybe just one or two lines, and then plan for the month. And then where am I with my goals for the year? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's when I have those nights, you know, it's not every night, because sometimes you just, you come home too late, and you just yeah. go to bed. But um, when I have those work nights, that's when I check in with my plan. And Cool. Change the plan and grow the plan. Mm-hmm. What kind of partnerships? So you you have a, a main business partner Jennifer. Who? Mm-hmm. How did you begin working with her, and how did that help you to become more successful? So when I was filming for six years, that means uh, it's a seven year straight long, never a day off period of time mm-hmm. 30 hours a week um of just for the filming and the prepping and whatnot so mm-hmm. it was really i I've, i have always had two careers um since i've got my real estate license yeah and it for me it was very challenging at times because i be i became a master of efficiency and delegating Mm-hmm. And without those two things, I could not have continued to be successful and be on TV. Yeah. Because it really removes you from a very face-to-face demanding client business. Mm-hmm. But it was, how do I do that and still get everything else done? So it, it, for me, I think um, Jennifer was the natural next move because I thought I was going to be doing another season. I already had support staff that were very loyal, and I have an amazing team. During real the real thick of it, you know, I had it was I had a chef that was you know I didn't have time to eat, so it was the scheduled in. There was someone there Make cooking. Make sure I'm getting nutrients. Make sure I'm yeah, and then there, my trainers knocking on at the office window. It's time to come train. It's yeah. like okay, so they were just programmed into my day. Yeah. Um, I had someone that ran all my errands. It's just like I just needed help because I didn't have the time. Yeah. And I was so exhausted. And even styling, all the stuff that people don't think about, I don't I don't think they think about. But, you know, just to prepare for one day of filming means you could be in four or five wardrobes mm-hmm. for that day. Do you know how many shoes and socks and belts and good-looking outfits you have to have. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to have a stylist that comes and, ha- you know, you take a picture and you, and of every outfit you put on and you take a picture. So my closet wall had, you know, this month, these were all the options. Yeah. When I And then we bound them and hood, put them together. Mm-hmm. And so it was, th- it was things like that. So it just, I was never left caught feeling unprepared, mm-hmm. um, which I don't like feeling. No. <laughs> And Jennifer, I met um, Heather left, which was on the show, and that went down the way it went down. It was a blessing in disguise because it brought 
Addie back into my life, mm-hmm. um, who worked for me a couple years prior to that. She is the VP of my entertainment company, and she's HR for the Malibu Life, mm-hmm. my real estate, among other things. Um, but I've known her for 15 years, so awesome. it was trust, loyalty, mm-hmm. and I was working on building a team. That was my next goal, was yeah. to build a team. This was January of last year, 14. Um, that would say, I'm going to structure a team business instead because I don't want to be working this many hours and I don't want to have to be Madison always the one that needs to be there. Sure. So I learned a lot in trying to build a team and had to let people go and shift and, okay, I I set it up wrong and or you had the wrong expectation and I didn't tell you that that was the expectation. So there was a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. I met Jennifer in late August we not met her because we shared offices at Coldwell Banker, a wall. Um, and her mother just retired mm-hmm. and she had shifted to another company. And so I thought, you know, she might be a really good fit. She comes with a lot of, a lot of experience. Um, she specializes in something slightly different than I do. She does land and development mm-hmm. and um, knows so much information that it would add immediately to to me and my brand. Yeah. So we had a couple meetings and it, we sh- pent, you know carved out a deal and and merged and from then we have continued to grow the company and the awesome. business. Good. And it's been awesome to to have made that move for myself because I can go on vacation for two weeks and never call my office once. Amazing. I've done it twice in last year. <laughs> And it was amazing. Cool. <laughs> so then this year you shifted and became a founding partner of a Malibu branch of Partners Trust Real Estate Brokerage. Mm-hmm. And how did that come together? So this, a lot of changes in the last year. Um, since I quit the show, which officially was last November, a year and a half ago from November, um, but it wasn't publicly announced until June. But I, I started feeling frustrated at my current company. And the frustrations were only piling. And every time I tried to talk with my manager about some of them, I got resistance or it just, there was never any real movement. It was kind of like a pacifier and maybe it'll go away. She was hoping, mm-hmm. well, I'm a very progressive thinker and technology I love and so I started getting approached by a couple different brokerages and learning about what happens if I did make a move what are they offering it's like kind of going back to the day one when I was interviewing all those other brokerages for the first time each one has a different policy different you know philosophy different practices and so I had a couple great opportunities and met with more than one company more than one time. And I thought we were going in the right direction, but just something still didn't feel right. Met Partners Trust and it was very impressive to me that a company in five years has grown to who they are. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving around town and seeing the signs when I was leaving Malibu and stuff, but I just, I never really knew who this company was or why or what. Um, and then I got the opportunity to come in and meet everybody and sit down and, and, and watch w- and h- how the inner workings of this business operated. Mm-hmm. And it was very, uh, very exciting, really, mm-hmm. because it was resonated with how I wanted to run a business. If I was gonna start my own brokerage, it would look something like this. So I don't want to start my own brokerage, but I do want to be a part of something like this. And it was the perfect time again because I was out in Malibu, mm-hmm. and that's apparently where they were wanting to expand. Yeah. And so after a couple interviews and back and forth and negotiations, it all worked out, and we are very happy with the transition. Good. Um, we're going to eventually be in our permanent space, which is amazing, the space itself. Is that and already 
coming together or, or um, it is coming together. That's good. Yes. Um, I, I, I think June will be our move in date. Cool. Something like that. But um, so it, this company just I love the brain trust. I love the fact that they have they treat a, a real estate firm like it should operate in my mind. A mini ad, bo- ba- ad boutique agency, mm-hmm. a marketing firm, a PR firm, a social and technology firm, mm-hmm. with all with specialists that are very good at their jobs, mm-hmm. that have been doing what they've been doing for years. Not, not a fresh out of college marketing director that helps on the floor for a big company yeah. at the office. It was just night and day. Um, so that was awesome. And, and then it was also cool because we saw the same path for me. And when I left the show, it, it's because I left it because it didn't resonate with me anymore. Yeah. It was too much drama and it was, it, we were becoming characters. Yeah. And, you know, I paid my dues and I wanted to leave on top. Mm-hmm. And Partners Trust recognized that and they said, well, let's really m- take and shed the reality TV personality. Yeah. And help build and create this exit and this transition to the company by business PR and marketing statements Mm -hmm. and announcements and make you be an expert in that way and not release it to the entertainment magazines, but let's Bloomberg have the announcement. Yeah. So it was a perfect strategy Mm -hmm. and it was hectic because we, it was like, 45 interviews in, yeah. in, in seven days. Then I went to NAR with everybody, and <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun, but it was a lot in one month. Plus, I was moving into my new house and finishing that construction. And, and with that, you, you have a relationship as an ambassador for the Global Division Leverage Global Partners, mm-hmm. and then DocuSign, DocuSign as, as okay. well. Yeah. How, did, how did the relationship with DocuSign come to be? DocuSign, I love this story. It was one of those things where you man- want to manifest it, and one day it comes true. Mm-hmm. And that's exa- it, that's what it was, is that I saw this company w- when it was in its infancy, and I signed up for it. I'm like, this is going to change my life and all the lives that interact with me in real estate. Yeah. And if this catches, it's going to be amazing. So once I started using it, I said, Addy, let's reach out to marketing at DocuSign and ask them if they need a spokesperson in the real estate world and send them my reel and tell them who I am if they don't know and you know I could be the perfect person for them and they got and we got an answer back and said sorry we're too small of a company right now mm-hmm. um, this was about five years ago and um, so no go well then flash forward to last year, the husband and wife that own DocuSign are watching it in bed, and they love the show, uh, Million Dollar Listing. And the wife goes, Ellen, to Tom, Tom, that Madison, we, I like him. <laughs> we should make him be a spokesperson or like an ambassador for DocuSign. And Tom goes, That's, I think you're right. And he sends an email to the marketing department. And they call my office the next day. Amazing. And it was like, is this really happening? <laughs> but they were two separate events. They sure. never knew. Uh, the message never got to them. And, okay. the, and just the marketing said no at that time, five years ago. And <laughs> somehow my angels whispered it in her ear that night. Mm-hmm. And it's been an, a wonderful relationship. Cool. Um, it's been really cool. Yeah. Good. So what excites you and drives you every day? <laughs> um, you know, it goes back to the people. I, I think really I'm a pretty driven person. Um, I'm very competitive, so I like to win, um, whatever that means, even if it's winning my own prize. <laughs> but it is, you know, I think it's... It, healthy to stay active and to be driven and to live a life of purpose and that's what I try and stay focused on and having my attention focused on that I think I wake up with the ingredients of feeling driven and and passionate about what I do Mm -hmm. about life in general 
imagine your burning desire. What is your dream for your life? My dream for my life will be what I've kind of already started, um, is to be a very successful leader that has very successful companies in different industries mm -hmm. or industries that come, you know, complement each other, um, where I have very wonderful people running those companies and then figuring out, you know, taking a step back and figuring out now how all of this that I created can serve other people on a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm already doing that by, you know, supplying jobs and whatever, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's how does this energy or these business models or whatever comes to me at that time, how is that information that I've experienced and learned over a lifetime, how am I going to take that and maybe turn it into a multiple of 10 that turns into a multiple of 100 and let it be a simple thing that changes life for the better in a much bigger way mm -hmm. than I could ever do by myself. Mm -hmm. But that's, what, yeah. What is one action step that you would recommend to listeners to take today to bring them closer to achieving their burning desire? One action step is to, well, it's really to check one of those off, one of, one of those steps, take your first step. Mm -hmm. You know, it, people, when I hear them saying, oh, I've got to get back in the gym and da da da, don't beat yourself up and go think you have to get on the treadmill for an hour if you haven't been on a treadmill in six months. Mm. No one says you have to do it that way. So if you have a goal that you want to lose 10 pounds, then, or you have a goal that you just want to be able to walk on the treadmill for an hour, mm -hmm. start with the best that you can do, mm -hmm. but make a goal, say six minutes. If you surpass it, great, mm -hmm. but that's it. Then the next day, do eight minutes mm -hmm. and work yourself into a level that is comfortable because most people put things off because it's too overwhelming or it's too big or the vision is too far out mm -hmm. when really it's not it's it's being it's too far out and it is getting harder to do with time because life is getting shorter mm -hmm. so if you don't take that first first action step today then yeah you are losing a day's advantage to achieving that goal yeah and completing that vision, but still, there's plenty of time to do it, and and you know, surround yourself with other people that support your goals yeah. and support your visions and and share it. Awesome. Uh, what is your vision for the world? What is my vision for the world? Well, we are in a di crazy disarray, it seems, but um, I have a vision that I think at one point there's going to be a switch. And call me crazy, I've been called crazy before. But I think, <laughs> and I'm going on record saying this, I believe that right now there's so much war and there's so much hatred and there's so much you know, turmoil over boundaries. Mm. However, there's also still a lot of love and you know, all that goodness and, and whatnot. But when you turn on the news, that's what you're seeing. And so I think there's needs to be an act much greater than anything that anyone on this planet is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. um, I know we're out there looking for life constantly. We found two new planets after Neptune, supposedly. But I think that we will, in our lifetime, witness some other life source. And that alone will change our world's focus Mm -hmm. to collectively work together to either whether it's hopefully not defend ourselves from an, from an enemy or a world that's hate, hateful, but finding another world that operates in a different way mm -hmm. and has it together. Mm -hmm. And 
that being an example of how we here need to change. Mm -hmm. And then through the way everybody can connect today, the leaders that are leading the worst of the worst um, right now will have absolutely no power overnight. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's hopefully will happen. <laughs> One final question. What do you see yourself, just picture your life two, three years from now. What does it look like for you? Mm, I feel very relaxed. I feel like I'm smiling and that I have a little hand holding my hand and a partner, a big hand holding my hand um, and a very stable career and, and the right people in the right places and, and a family of my own. And I see... Um, you know, my vision happening. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you coming to meet with me and share all of your, your whole path with everybody on the show. I think that it's been incredibly inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening, everybody. there you have it shifters thank you madison for sharing your journey with us here on real shift radio it was so incredibly kind of you to lay it all out there for everyone to hear i know that your generosity and sharing your journey will inspire everyone who listens today's show notes can be viewed at dialdominic.com 11 be sure to check them out so you can connect with madison and if you loved what you heard today we want to know about it Tag us on Instagram with a picture of where you're listening to this episode. Post a picture, tag at Madison Malibu and at Dial Dominic with hashtag RealShiftRadio. We want to see where you're at and what you're doing today. Thank you again for continuing to tune in and keep coming back for more inspiration from the leaders in real estate here on Real Shift Radio. Until then, shifters, keep it real. Keep it real.